Hey, before we get started with the episode, please check out a few of my affiliates and sponsors. It's the best way to support the podcast outside of listening to it. Are you ready get to ready for an episode focused and supported? Go to layeredsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code Dr. D at checkout to save 15% of cultivated for medical use today. for centuries. Green Compass is a North Carolina-based, family-founded, and one of the few certified USDA organic hemp companies. Their sixth-generation USDA-certified organic farmland, seasoned with longtime agricultural enthusiasts, serves as the perfect home to grow 100% organic hemp. You can access more information about how CBD can help you and order Green Compass products through my referral link, which is in the show notes. Green Compass offers a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll receive $10 off your first order. Is your dog on the Nom Nom food plan? My dog, Aries, is definitely on the Nom Nom food plan. He loves it when I get a Nom Nom package out the fridge. In fact, it's it's funny to watch him because uh, his eyes light up. He gets really serious, like straight like an arrow. Uh, he literally loves his food. It makes me laugh. Uh, Nom Nom's food is full of fresh proteins your dog loves, the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive. You can actually see proteins and vegetables, beef, chicken, pork, peas, carrots, kale, and more. Um, you just tell them about your pup, age, breed, weight, allergies, protein preferences. They'll tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals, send them straight to you, store the meals in the freezer till it's mealtime. And they'll give you specific instructions on how to transition your dog from foods like kibble to always fresh Nom Nom. So isn't it time to feel good about the food you're feeding your dog? Order Nom Nom today. Go to the referral link, which is in the show notes and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. That means if your dog doesn't love fresh, delicious meals, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. One, two, ready for the interview. And if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm going to do. Welcome to the show. Let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real. That's the motto. Real talk, pronto. Dr. D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait. Gotta be social. Network global, a home for the local. Gotta be social. Network global, a home for the local. You know what's funny about this is this is a whole different experience talking to you now because now I work with you and your mom training. It's just very different, you know? I know. It's so fun getting to know you in the business side of things and then personally through the podcast and then personally and professionally through working with you. Just so many connections and even like today, learning something new about each other every every session. Every session, something new. And, uh, but I think, you know, what we have a big connection is health and yeah. wellness. And I am always so impressed by you and your mom and this incredible passion for doing new things in health and wellness and trying new things. And your mom was talking to us during how, like, her 30 year history of health. Uh, yeah. Uh, which was amazing. By the way, I love those pictures that Gail sent. I got. <laughs> That was great, by the way. The hairstyles were unbelievable. <laughs> yes, mom. Yeah, she sent you the funniest pictures from a wedding that she was in in the 80s, 90s. Crazy. Before I was born. Um, yeah. So you've officially entered the family photo group chat. Congratulations. I'm <laughs> yeah, I made it. I'm in. I'm in that. 
but it was, it was like pretty wild stuff. I was like, wow, these ha- this hairstyle is so bad. These are just so bad. Like, I can't even believe people thought this was great. <laughs> like, so bad, like really bad. Uh, but I digress. And um, I was very interested in this season of connecting the dots that you have with Melissa and so so much variety in the health and wellness space. So I think it'd be good to just start talking about why delve into so many aspects of health and wellness, kind of the motivation for it for you? Sure. I think that, so for context, um, well, thank you again for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I gave a little bit of context about my background the last time I was here, so I won't go too far into it. But basically, got into this field through nutrition and seeing the power that food plays in our health, either preventing health, maintaining health, or causing some disruptions in health. And while I am a nutritionist and have full belief that it is a huge part of the picture of the pie, I quickly learned after food did not completely cure things or make me feel 100% that there is much more to health and wellness than food. And once my mind was open to that, it was just, oh my gosh, there's such a huge world here from physical activity and trying all these different exercise classes, spinning, Pilates, yoga, HIIT workouts, like all the things that people swear by. This is the workout. This is the thing that has helped me feel great and trying them and enjoying them, but not feeling like, oh yeah, this is the thing for me. Similarly, you know, some people love conventional therapy. Some people love working with a holistic health practitioner that does muscle testing and neuroemotional technique. And some people like seeing psychics and mediums and other types of people who channel and some people turn to plant medicine or Amazonian frog medicine and swear that this is the thing that worked for them. And so I was just like, I want to know all about it. I want to know what works for me selfishly. And then as a practitioner in this health field, I want to know how I can make recommendations for my clients or can I become a practitioner of these things that I'm finding useful and actually offer them as services? And so I just really like to have a full understanding of what I'm diving into before I dive into it. And I felt like this season of the podcast, and so did my co-host Melissa, was like a really good opportunity for both of us to just sit back and learn. And that's how we got connected with you. And that's how I learned about personal training and working the benefits of working one-on-one with somebody, which I had never even considered for myself. So yeah, we just wanted to soak everything in and see selfishly what worked for us and what could potentially work for our listeners, our clients, whoever. So now I'm curious too, is uh, (laughs) what were some big takeaways from this season? Like yeah, let's get a full spectrum. Like those, like really enlightening, and maybe some things you were like, "Uh, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be." Yeah, I think honestly, the answer is boring. Everybody on the show, when we asked 
Um, our closing questions were like, what do you think the future of health looks like? What advice do you have to people starting the health journey? And I would say every guest in some way, shape, or form would answer those questions or other questions we had with like the boring answers that nobody wants to hear because everybody knows them, quote unquote, right? Like you need to be prioritizing sleep. We talked about that in our episode. We need to be eating whole foods, mostly unprocessed from the earth, um, from plants, animals, all the all the things that ancestors ate. I think that was a huge theme throughout the show. Of And when we talked about just from how to help people with ADHD to help, how to help people um, with emotional stuff. And it was just crazy how many times that like eating clean whole foods was the answer for a wide range of things. Moving your body in some way, shape or form that you will do consistently. Strength training, if you have any type of insulin resistance, eating balanced meals to... regulate your blood sugar, like just things that I think people know, but aren't prioritizing or are doing it in ways that are trendy instead of just the boring ways like that, that we, I think sometimes take for granted in this society of having so much at our fingertips for so many people And so really my biggest takeaway this season was just getting back to basics, really trying to simplify my life in every way possible. I don't need to be cooking all these hyper palatable gourmet meals for dinner. I just have a protein, a grain, veggies, fruit. I'm some type of fat from an oil or a butter. I'm good. It doesn't need to be complicated. And I think- I think those were like my biggest like aha moments of just like sometimes in the health field, myself included, really try to complicate things. Yes. I think the biggest takeaway was like, it's not complicated. It just takes routine and drive and kind of shifting that perspective of this might not be the most exciting stuff in the world. But it works, and it, it's it can be easy. It's so interesting. I always talk to a lot of my clients about this. I'm like, well, just showing up like is the most difficult part. Being present, like you show up, you've done literally most of the lifting, quote unquote, for a lot of those things. And but why do you think people struggle so much with adopting a lifestyle that is very uh, present in terms of? all these different components of health and wellness. Yeah. I I really think it's just so interesting because I mean you know how close I am with my parents mm-hmm. and we have a lot of conversations about what life was like for them growing up versus what life was like for me growing up and something that they always say is just we didn't have anything else to do but be present. But be outside, but be at the pool with our friends, but be at the dinner table with our family. Like there was no other options. And I think for them, they kind of then in their young adulthood entered in this new wave of technology and rightfully so they, they want to be ahead of the time, right? They want to be with it. They want to be 
doing what is evolving and how humans are progressing. So no shade to anybody in that generation. But then it comes to your kids and they're having to make these calls as cell phones are coming out when I was in elementary school. Do you give an elementary school kid a cell phone? And of course, I, my parents thought I was going to be a lawyer because I love to make arguments for, <laughs> for all cases. So I, you know, made a case for why a fourth grader should have a cell phone. And they were like, she made a good point. Like, okay. And I'm sure so many parents in that age of raising kids in this new age of technology, then I went to a school where laptops were required. Yeah. So I'm a middle schooler with access to MySpace, Facebook, like all the different platforms. And of course, middle schoolers are the most sleuthy. So we found all the ways around blocks and parent controls. So, you know, I think, anyways, this is a long-winded way to say, I just think that we're finally now seeing the impact that the last 20, 25, 30 years of all this new age technology coming out and what it's the impact that it's having on people being more lonely, people being more distracted, people not being present, people being more sedentary and just able to live. I don't want to say like a cush life because I know that's not (laughs) the case for people, but like a more comfortable life where you don't have to be as active as present and you can pick and choose how you want to spend your time and of course for a lot of people that's being on the phone being on social media watching television you know working so many people are remote and working at home on their computers or in an office on a computer so i just think that things have just changed so rapidly in a very short amount of time as far as like human evolution is considered. And I think now people are having a really hard time, especially people, my generation, generation younger than me who grew up with this stuff. And it's just like human nature to reach for your phone in the morning, to text your friends at night, to be posting on social media instead of being like, Oh my gosh, I have this beautiful life in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not tapping into it? I mean, at least for me, I've been having a lot of those thoughts over the last few months. Yeah. You know, it's, well, a couple of things. Well, I, I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up in, in that. And Gen X is a very interesting generation. We were called the slackers. Like, that's the worst thing people said about us. Millennials got crushed, <laughs> like, like Gen Z and stuff. But uh, I just remember a life not having any of this. Like, I, 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 when your parents arrived, there weren't options. Like I didn't have options. Like it was like, well, I mean, if I want to do stuff, I just, this is what's in front of me. I have to go outside to entertain myself. I didn't have like 20 different things to do. I mean, we had video games, but they weren't like interactive like they are now and things of that nature. And Dr. Peter Tia talks about this kind of the crisis of abundance. And I also call it the crisis of over-optimization where, there's only some so far you can over-optimize a society before there becomes a negative impact with that. So you can actually make things too good for people, like in developed nations. We're talking about developed nations, not third world countries. But in developed nations, you could actually make things too good where it becomes a trade-off of uh, technology and um 
convenience becomes king. And then all of a sudden, you don't realize you're making yourself sedentary. You're decreasing the activity in your life. We're in that phase hard right now. Mm -hmm. And also, this is the first time that the majority of humans could actually think about their life beyond work. Like they can actually spend time going, having these existential crises. I mean, literally, people are anxious also because they actually can sit and think, what is my life about? And a lot of humans didn't do that in the past. They just were like, I need to eat today. I need to figure out how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to survive. You weren't anxious because you couldn't afford to be anxious. You just had to do stuff to survive. So it's this big time of like this crisis of existentialism in people. And I think especially really young people are suffering tremendously with this because the phone has become their their priority for life and their and their their meaning meaning of and so it's i think it's become such a really strange time to be alive a great time but strange at the same time yeah yeah i think i think you hit on so many good points and i think we're just in a place uh i love how one of our guests this season was talking about like structured time to exercise was never a thing ever but I think it was you. Did you say that? Yeah, us? I talked about it. It was yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, we had you and um, Dr. Mark Vorderbruggen, who both yeah. kind of emphasized how people who have evolved would go get their food, would hunt, would, yeah, they'd use their body, but it just wasn't for structured time for physical activity. I think similarly, there's just a lot of habits that we didn't have to find time in our day yeah. for because it just used to be organic. That's just one example. But connecting with people, I just today was posting on my story about how many people actually sit down at the dinner table at night, make the, set the table, make dinner, sit and eat and don't have phones, don't have the television, <laughs> don't have anything going on and just sit together and kind of what we were saying in the past, that was your only option. Was it? What else were you going to do? So I think we're now, as you said, in this new phase of life where people are starting to realize that we need to start figuring out exactly how to optimize our health in a way that is easy. And I think for a lot of people that is going back yeah. to basics a little bit more, of course, not everybody has the ability to do that. Some people have been doing that for a long time because they never had the luxury of this change. Um, but I, yeah, I just think exactly what you said. People are having this existential crisis of what is what is going on? What am I doing? What's my life about? Like you never thought about your. I mean, when I was growing up, no one thought about their life like this. They were just, you know, it was just, it was just a different existence. It was actually in some ways much happier because you weren't inundated with so much stimulus in life. It was like, all right, this is what I do. You know, it'd be nice to not have to like, not, I mean, listen, I like modern conveniences. Like I enjoy Uber. Like if I go out and hang out and party, it's way safer for me to Uber than to do what a lot of people did in the past was take a chance, right? It's so bad to do. But oh, on yeah. the other hand, the, um, they can, you know, the convenience of connection with people through an interactive mode of let's say social media we now know after all this data, it's mostly not been great. 
It's like mostly, and this is one thing on my show all the time, people will always tell me, oh, Dr. D, like, t I'll tag you on Instagram. I'm like, I'm not on there. I'll tag you on Twitter. I'm not on there. Like, why not? So I don't want to be. And then they go, yeah, that's, I probably shouldn't do that either. I'm like, then why don't you? I mean, do whatever you want to do. But if you don't like something, why are you doing it? I'm like, I just like, like to decrease my, my stimulus. There's, you can be overstimulated. You can be understimulated. There's a, there's a right spot. That's with exercise anything. But if it's overwhelming you, why are you doing it? You know, like, and we have a lot of data now that's telling us, like, it's not so great, you know, like, so why are we not doing something about it? For sure. I, I think that I also have a background in education and just seeing how you had to change how you educate people. You have yeah. to change everything for this new generation, this new yeah. world, this new way of thinking. And I agree, some of it is amazing. And some, I'm just like, we we truly do need help just getting back to the simplicities of life. And really, I love how you said of just being present. And yeah. it's just funny how, funny for lack of a better word, how these modalities like meditation and breath work and theta healing or Reiki or other types of energy work, that's their whole focus is yeah. to just bring you back to your being and listening into to your intuition and what your own body says. And I love those practices. I personally utilize them often, but it's just so funny. It made me think of it, us having this conversation of like, we literally need to schedule time to be present with ourselves and listen <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> How weird is that? <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's actually. very strange. It's really strange. If I told my 20, when I was 25 and I told my 45 year old self, like, you're going to have to spend all this time scheduling time to like, just, you know, relax <laughs> and like, take your mind off of stuff. It'd be like, why? I could do that. I just do that naturally. Like, it's insane, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's something that I personally have, like I said, been doing a lot of thinking about because I was like getting stressed out. Like I need to take five to 10 minutes a day to meditate. Right. When, I, when I really like looked at it, I was like, no, I just need to take five to 10 minutes a day to be like, okay, let's breathe. Let's be present. Let's <laughs> think about what's potentially bothering us. What's giving us anxiety? How can we problem solve? And I think that's bringing it back to the point why so many people get overwhelmed by this wellness culture industry is just that people are like, to be successful, you need to eat this, meditate, yeah. cold plunge, hot sauna, workout, take <laughs> supplements, like do all this stuff when you know, it, I'm not saying any of that's bad, nor am I saying I don't do that stuff because I totally do. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Just saying that when you really think about it and get down to the root of it, it's all just about slowing down, being more present, listening to what your body needs. And I know that that's much easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, way easier said yeah. than done because there's too many options. There's a lot of, you ever like eat at a, this is my thing. You ever eat at a restaurant and like the menu is gigantic and you're like, what am I, you know, you always default to what you think is just, oh, I just like this, you know? Well, I guess it's kind of what society is like. It's like a huge menu. And it's like, mm, people just usually default to 
whatever they're familiar with uh, for that. And it's like, uh, too many options actually can be very paralyzing uh, for a lot of people. But what I thought was interesting, like with your season, with you and Melissa, was uh, it was good on this sense to get a lot of options because there are a lot of things that I think were like pretty interesting. Like I know we had talked about during a session, like the goat yoga yeah. episode, which I thought was interesting. One, because the lady's voice was wild, man. <laughs> Her voice was so wild to me. I was like, does she smoke like a pack a day? I was like, <laughs> Like, that's kind of like a, people are more accepting, I think, of more outlier-based things, like a goat yoga thing. Like, it's different, but I would say it also promotes being in nature with animals, which I think is also a pretty important thing, you know? Yeah, I, I love that. I love that we both had that same thought about her voice is just so Crazy. encapsulating. And she is such a good storyteller, and she's has she has a, her PhD, I think, in... I'm going to butcher this, but she has experience in archaeology and all of these different aspects of life that she's brought into her business, which is, yeah, she has a farm with goats and donkeys and, a you know, pretty much every animal. But her focus is utilizing the goats for goat therapy, goat yoga and other ways for people to connect with nature, which to your point is another thing that we're just scheduling in. To the day that used to just be a nature a normal <laughs> okay <laughs> um but i i completely agree and i think this season we really wanted to focus on yeah some of the more out there or less yeah. conventional practices to just make people aware that these are options and i think to your point about the menu of course, not everything that we talked, all 26 episodes that we had this season are going to resonate with someone to the point where they're like, I want to do goat yoga, or I want to see an astrologer and get my chart read, or I even want to work with an Ayurvedic practitioner for food. Like, of course, I don't expect people to resonate with every single modality and be like, I need to try it. Uh, I didn't even feel that way. And I loved all of the guests we had, but I wasn't like, I need to do this yeah. now or I, I feel the need to do it. But I think for somebody, goat yoga, for example, for somebody who has really bad stress and anxiety and needs to be put into a totally different space and just have the time and the space to connect and watch cute little goats be cr crazy. I think that that's amazing for somebody who recently lost a loved one. I think potentially seeking out a reputable medium like the one that we had on the show could be so healing. Um, I think we had, you know, we had an episode about how to help children with ADHD. So if you are a parent or a person with ADHD, those recommendations could be for you. I don't have ADD or ADHD, so it wasn't as meaningful for me, but I, as a practitioner, I loved learning about it as someone with a partner with ADD. I love learning how I could support him better. Um, and so I think when you're listening to this stuff and you're approaching health and wellness, not just our podcast, not just your podcast, but any social media stream where you're going through and you're like, Oh my gosh, 
do I need to be doing this? Do I need to be seeing this? It's like, no, but like if something really does resonate with you or you've been trying something conventionally that just hasn't been moving the needle for you, maybe then it's time to just open your eyes and be like, well, what else could I do? What else is offered? And I think that is, you know, one of the best gifts about being able to be a podcaster is just offering that. And, you know, maybe five years down the line, something you heard on one of our shows is going to resonate. And you're going to be like, yes, now I need this. And I'm so glad I heard about it five years ago. Yeah. What have you changed your mind the most about in health and wellness since you've began this whole journey? I think the spiritual side of health and wellness has been my biggest shift. It was pretty easy gets for me, low-hanging fruit with the nutrition side, with the physical activity side, um, even with like emotional and mental health. That was pretty easy for me. I've been getting neuroemotional techniques since I was 14 or 15 years old. I've, you know, I've been talking about emotions, understanding that side. I think the spiritual side is really where I've had the most growth and it surprised me the most. Uh, I think we've talked about before, but I, my mom and I ended up becoming certified theta healers and had some pretty wild experiences during that training that, that really reignited my faith and just the, the thought that everybody is connected and just a lot of the practices that I grew up learning that it's somewhere along the way in high school and college and post-grad kind of got lost. And I think along with that is how many people utilize plant medicine or in my case, I had didn't do any plant medicine this season, but I did frog medicine and the ritual aspect and the spiritual aspect with those modalities and how they truly meet you where you are and like crack you open in places that you didn't even know that you needed to be cracked open. Um, and so, yeah, I think that those were big surprises for me as a, you know, conventional nutritionist who's about to be board certified. Yeah. I didn't expect to really fall in love and have such profound learnings, for lack of a better word, this season in those areas that I did. Why was it so surprising for you to have that development? I don't know if it's because I didn't have faith, because I definitely did. Okay. But it just, it was never a part I don't know, maybe I'm a see it to believe it type of person, right? Like growing up, you're taught whatever religion or faith-based anything you grew up with, if you did, you grow up just like, that's what it is, right? It, it's, where, it's what you do. It's, you go to whatever mass or church or synagogue or wherever you are a part of it. And it's just what you do. And so for me, I just was like, I guess this is what my faith, this is what I believe, this is my thing, but I didn't truly, I guess I didn't truly believe it. I don't know. It, it's hard to like quantify exactly, mm. 
but being in those spaces where you are just so connected to yourself and whatever higher power resonates with you and that you believe in and just seeing the the work being done and the the stories when you connect with somebody else and you're like, oh my gosh, we did we just saw the same thing energetically. We just saw the higher power that we resonate with showing us the same images. It's just like, oh my gosh, like this is this is real. Like there's no way that I'm making this up in my head that you're making this up in your head and we're talking about like so maybe it really was like I see it to believe it type of thing. And I, I never really thought that I had the capability to mm, do that. Interesting. You know, we interviewed, I think, three or four, maybe even five people on the show that channel that they connect to a higher power or spirits or whoever, and they're able to connect. And I guess I just never viewed myself as that. And that's why I interviewed people and was like, I want to know about this. Um, So maybe that's why I just, I never thought that I had that capability. I I find that very interesting. I think that I hung on to this sort of like quantifiable. And I think that's what uh, is difficult for a lot of people with spirituality is they want this statistical uh, confirmation. And I think it makes people uncomfortable to not have that. And especially people who are super science oriented and highly educated, they want the quantification of something. How can I make this measure? This There's be a measurement of spirituality or something, you know? It's like, yeah. I think sometimes if you're in that 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 lane, it's you struggle to be like, okay, not everything has this specific measurement. Sometimes it's just a feeling. It's okay to have feelings about stuff and not quantify it, you know? Yeah, I think I really, everything you just said, I was like, yep, that was me. (laughs) Certainly, certainly hit home for me. Um, And yeah, I, I just, it's just crazy though. Like my grandmother, for example, she's 93, 94 years old has been on the precipice of having something take her out for years now. And she has the most faith of any person that I've ever met in my entire life. And she pulls through every single time. And I'm like, there is something to this. This woman, I don't know if she's ever had any experiences like the ones that I've had of like, oh my gosh, like proof in the pudding. I don't believe she's delved into that side of spirituality at yeah. all, but she truly has that belief and that trust and that faith. And it's, ama- I mean, it's just amazing to see what that does for people health wise, but also just happiness wise. Yes. Able to cope with things. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think where I was literally before this podcast, I had a conversation with a psycho spiritual counselor who I, I've known known through LinkedIn. And, you know, just me, I just like meeting people. We were just having just a general conversation, Zoom, whatever. And it was, it was all about this, actually. So much about this and the science, uh, kind of hardcore science, meeting spirituality, and these coming together, and that all these folks that were starting to see links between mysticism and science. 
in that we're no longer saying everything's like woo-woo. That's what people do when they, they preface it. Okay, this is this, but it's not the woo-woo. Like, okay, you have to ask yourself, why are you saying it's woo-woo? What has your been, what I was like, oh, what's been your experience that you have to feel the need to quantify it as woo-woo? Type of, let's get deeper into this and not, why are you making these tags on these things? These are real experiences for people. And just because you may not feel it doesn't mean it's not real for someone else for that. That's part of the journey, I think, in understanding health and wellness. So these are real experiences for different people. And just because you don't have them or maybe you're not open to it doesn't mean they're not valid for other people. Yeah. Totally. So I have, I have a story for you. Yes. It, literally exactly what you just said. So in our Theta Healing training, we do work on the other participants in the training. So you're kind of just like thrown into energy work from the mm -hmm. beginning. And in one of the sessions are, uh, I don't know why I almost said leader, the, <laughs> the person <laughs> who was leading the training. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was like, okay, I want you guys to really think about and reflect on what is the fear or belief that's keeping you from doing theta healing? What is keeping you in the way of it? And I was like, I don't know, what is keeping me in the way of it? And I have found I have a really strong connection to tarot cards. Mm -hmm. I feel like they help me kind of express emotions that I can't necessarily find. So I was like, I'm just going to pull a card and see what comes up. And it was um, the hanged woman, which is the card that came up. And I'm reading the description because I'm still learning them. I'm not an expert by any means. And it was like the fear of being judged or being an outcast or not accepted. And I was like, well, certainly that is definitely real for me of something that could keep me from being a theta healer is exactly what you said. The woo woo, yeah. the not wanting pe people to judge me or think that I'm quote unquote crazy or don't know what's going on or go against faith or, you know, there's so many examples of things that people have said or, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, like that is so real. And that is truly probably something that's keeping me in the way of it. And so through the Theta Healing, you, the process is you kind of go back in time to figure out where these fears and beliefs were first stuck yes. or true to you. And I had to go back to, through our ancestral line. So I had to heal generationally this fear. And so it's deep, it's deep this deep. like fear of the more spiritual or the energy work or the things that people just haven't made mainstream or socially yeah. accepted or you know, whatever the term is. So it's, it's definitely real. It's totally real. It's just people want to conform. They don't yeah. want to be the person who's outside of the conformity circle. And then you're cast out of the circle and then you're, oh, you're crazy. You know, you're the antenna person with the, the tinfoil. <laughs> you know, it's like we have demonized these folks instead of just listening. And listen, it may be, you know, valid may not be, but listen, if it's real to them, and it gives them comfort. It's not harming other people. Why be so uh, abrasive about it?
type of thing. And there's just, there's lots of ways to heal and learn and grow in life. It's not like this one way street for that. That's why I think it was great about this season. I was telling you during our sessions, like, I just think it's great. Like, it's like so many different options and avenues to learn about yourself. And I think we're the one, one of the best things about current society is that's more accepted now. When I was growing up, that was not a thing. It was, you were nuts if you talked about energy healing. Seriously. <laughs> Which is crazy because like the universe and everything's full of energy. And, and it's like, it's crazy to think like this is not a thing. It's like, you're, 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 you are energy. You're literally right. the energy, the electrical impulses for your heart and in your brain. It's like, but back then it was like, you were the nuttiest person out there if you thought about this stuff. It was, it was so wild to think about now. Yeah, I I definitely feel like a lot of times the way that Melissa and I structured the show was that we recorded the episodes a little bit ago, and then as it got closer to releasing, we recorded the introduction. Mm -hmm. And there were so many times where we would end the intro and be like, have an open mind, take <laughs> what resonates, leave what doesn't, because... There is, there is that still fear. And I, a lot of people still are not open-minded yeah. and you don't want to lose people for one episode if it doesn't resonate. So then you feel the need to like put those disclaimers or say yeah. the woo-woo thing or <laughs> do whatever. But I, I approach everything in life exactly as you said of just like, if it helped you and it made you a happier, healthier, better individual, why would I shame that or put shade on that or discredit you? Because even if I wouldn't do it or it doesn't, it wouldn't work for me. Like so many of my friends are like, I love this journey that you've taken with combo, the frog medicine. Yeah. It's amazing. I love how reflective you've been. I love how you feel it's helped you. I'm never going to make myself throw up. <laughs> like, yeah. That's fine. I would never be like, you must do this. But I loved how people were like, but we love that it worked for you. And we're so happy for yeah. you. Just not for us. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. I know. Isn't that great? There should be acceptance of that. Like, I know that I think you had mentioned about your, uh, I want to do an ayahuasca journey at some point, maybe in 2025 or something yeah. to that nature. And that's great. Like I've done, you know, plant medicine, psychedelics. That's like one I'm just don't have a huge amount of interest in, mm -hmm. but I don't know that I won't have a huge amount of interest in it later. Yeah, I may. Honestly, I really don't want to blow chunks. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't want to be, I hate being nauseous. You know, I was like, but I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it. I don't have a current interest in it. But clearly, my interest in plant medicine could include it. It's yeah. like I'm thinking, oh, I'd love to do, you know, 5-MeO-DMT. I'm a little scared about doing it, you know, like maybe I'll get to that point. But I just think there's just so much more. When you open, you crack open your mind and you start seeing kind of this. See, this is what I'm going to say. I can't even imagine me saying this 20 years ago. When you crack open like the different dimensions and realities and different walls of existence, that literally sounds like something I would have bashed 20 years ago. I'm not joking. <laughs> I would have been like, you're a psycho. <laughs> I'm saying it now. 
But once you experience that, you realize there's so much more to being alive than the reality of living and the different walls and things we put up. And I just, it's hard to unsee these things. It's very difficult. I mean, you do, you know, frog medicine. It's like, once you enter into that realm, it's very difficult to be down on other stuff. <laughs> it's like, well, I just did this. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. I just, I've always had that viewpoint of like, never say never. Cause yeah. you asked me if I would be a theta healer and that I would have done convo even three years ago. Right. I would have been like, what? Right. You would have thought, oh, I'm crazy. I'm not sure about me right now. Yeah. Was I good? Am I good? <laughs> yeah. Was I good? Was there something happened? Was a traumatic experience happened to me? Like <laughs> it over the head? Like, but, but now I've just, you know, they say a lot of these modalities and things find you when you need them mm -hmm. and when it's the mm -hmm. right time for you. And I truly believe that so much about the, the guests that we had on this season and the advice that I plucked from them and was like, this resonates with me. I really want to try it. Combo was one of them. Yeah. And I asked them, I was like, how in the world do you even find a reputable Amazonian frog peptide practitioner? <laughs> like, where yeah. do I go? I cannot yeah. go not to around the corner here. I mean, it's a like <laughs> or a wellness center. Like wh what? And they were like, it will find you if you put the intention out there, which truly is like very faith based. And you're just like, yeah. okay. But lo and behold, months later, I did. I found somebody in Dallas who had met a practitioner who was having sessions in her wellness center yeah. and it worked out perfectly and it did truly find me i think when i needed it and it has led to a cascade of events that i don't know would have happened if i didn't do combo one of which is getting engaged which right. i really think doing that frog medicine sped up that process of the conversations that needed to be had before you feel like you can commit your life to another human oh. being. And so I truly believe these modalities find us when we need them. And that might be when we have an open mind to them. <laughs> look, at how you, look at how you sound saying that. It's like, you know, it's like, it becomes a very spiritual kind of like shamanic sounding conversation when you open your mind to that. But I always think whenever in my podcast, when I talk to tons of people who are into these spaces, they also seem to be the most grounded, happy people. Yeah. Because they've really done a lot of existential work on themselves. And I always love talking to people who are into this because I just feel like, there's a lightness about them. There's a peacefulness about them. I mean, don't you want that? <laughs> like, who wants drama all the time? <laughs> like, I mean, how sad would life be, though, if you didn't find meaning out of things? Yes. And if you weren't like, like me finding meaning about me getting engaged, like maybe it would have happened if I didn't right. do Congo when it happened. Sure. But it's so much more beautiful to be like, we were able to do have this experience together, have these conversations become ready for it. Like how much more meaningful and beautiful is that than just being like, eh, coincidence. Yeah, I know. It's, it seems so dry to me, like not exciting, yeah. you know? So I, 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 what a great season, awesome season. Thank you. Uh, I thought really quality 
um, journey about learning about different aspects of health and wellness and not just the standard stuff that people pump, like really different stuff. Yeah. That's, that's what really, really pulled me. And actually it's funny is I'm reading, I'm reading this book right now. Uh, how minds change. Ooh. Really amazing. I'm t- just really good. It just makes me think about our conversation, how your mind can change over from three years, how your mind changes about how you see yourself. And often, if you allow yourself to take the journey, you will be in conflict with that previous person you were. And be like, hmm, weird. That's me. I'm arguing with myself three years ago. Like, what am I doing? You know, type of thing. It's a great growth mechanism. So please tell everyone how they connect with, I know this season's over, but um, how to connect with connecting the dots and you and everything you're up to. Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to say again, thank you for being a part of that season. We took so much away from your episode. Clearly, I like quoted you during this episode. And I know, right? And obviously, my mom and I started working with you, and that has been such a great experience. I've never had any arm muscles. <laughs> They're just like starting to pop out now. So <laughs> I just am really excited to see the progress that we continue to make. And anyways, I just needed to plug that as well. And if you want to listen to Dr. D on our show, listen to Connecting the Dots. So you can listen to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, pretty much anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We are on Instagram at connecting the dots dot podcast and TikTok connecting the dots podcast, no dot. And then for me personally, um, like I said, I am a nutritionist and a theta healer and I offer, you know, conventional functional treatments, um, medical nutrition therapy, as well as some of the more energy healing things. So kind of have a wide range of offerings at the moment. And you can find me at my website, www.kathleencarney.com and on all social platforms at Kathleen Carney Wellness. Awesome. And Kathleen Carney may watch this three years from now and go, who was who this? Like, who is this? <laughs> what? <laughs> you just never know. Kathleen, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on and certainly a pleasure to uh, work with you and your mom each week and best wishes as you start your yoga certification coming up here another entry and uh i will see you on the flip side yep awesome thank you so much for having me again